that's Cotton's up there. Let's see where those guys are kind of sitting. This is Uppers right here. Kind of where this kind of general area from that group of people over here. There's kind of a, a, a blank spot in between where not a lot of waves break. That is not really as nameless. But you see that peak over there breaking? Yeah. There's kind of directly past those bikes. That's Lowers. And then it goes Middles, Churches, Old Man, San Ofer, like down the line. All the way down by to the power plant and beyond. So when people say trestles, that's what they're talking about. This whole stretch from here all the way down there. And it's like... A lot of people don't realize that it's more than just one little surf break. It's more than one little wave. We're talking like a group of some of the best waves that California has to offer, period. This is when this place gets good, it is unbelievable. All of these breaks are fed by this one waterway right here. You see that trestle right there? Mm -hmm. There's a marsh right there. When the big rains come, it just washes out that sand and it empties out and deposits all of these cobbles all sorts of sediment, sand, everything out into the surf zone, which then, given how this coastline is formed, you add in the sediment out there and it smooths out and gives some of the, the waves their good form. I mean, it gives the waves their amazing form when all the sediments are blasted out through, the, through those big rains. And what we're kind of afraid of is that more pavement, more pillars in the, in the watershed that are gonna restrict the flow of that sediment out into the lineups and will degrade the, the quality of the wave because I mean that's really what makes this spot is so so amazing is that you not only have a, a group of waves in one small area, it's so natural, but on top of it, the shape of the wave is better than any wave in Southern California or I would gamble California period. So there's no other beaches like that in this part of Southern California? There are none that are as good as this group of surf breaks and that have that set up where they're so dependent upon that one watershed. I mean, you look around, it's such a natural place. Like you said yourself, it's rare to find a beach with no buildings around. It's rare to find a beach that doesn't have direct access where there's a parking lot and, and crowds of people that just inundate the beach where here it's a natural thing and it really heavily relies upon a natural process for the quality of wave. I mean, who knows what other surf breaks would be like if, if, there weren't, if there wasn't so much pavement already built up upon. And that's kind of what we're fighting for, is this last stand of natural beach. And besides there, now we're here, this lake changes all the time now, so it connects to the ocean, and that's what makes the surf. And this is the prime surf forever. Now, there's nothing better than this besides now up north. If there's runoff and debris coming from construction... Oh, further up in the watershed. Do you think that's going to wind up affecting... Of course. You see what's off? happening right now in um, Costa Mesa? Everybody's getting sick. Uh, bacteria going on in there because of the runoffs. And here's basically this the only clean hour water we can have. She's, she's from South America. And she came here because of to surf this spot. Trestles, yeah. This is like the best ever. Well, you came well from South known. America to surf here? Yeah. Is that I right? Was, yeah. vacation. That's that was that, That's well known here. in Brazil. If you go into California, make sure you go to Trestles. <laughs> you guys met here at Trestles? Yeah, we met right here. Well, in, in her yeah. country, you watch TV, and they're always showing this more than I even see it here on TV, yeah. on the surf channel. Just yeah, show just this constantly. Anywhere in the world. Well, it's well known. Well, I've seen it lowers, there, so. uppers. Yeah, exactly. Is known well known, and it would be disappear because it's not going to have the same 
ecosystem going on right now is going to impact you know, the change of this river flow. And then this is just a geological point of view. And then you're going to see the ecological and then the biological point of view. And besides, you know, the reaction of people, everybody's against. Now, we do have a voice. There are a lot of groups, organizations there, out there opposing this. It's just about who is going to go there and, and speak up. Hi, I'm Tommy Helm, and yes, welcome to a special Save Trestles in San Onofre State Park edition of Tree Huggers International on KBZT FM 94.9. Tree Huggers International is a weekly natural science and environmental affairs program for the listeners of FM 94.9 and San Diego and all of Southern California, from the beaches to the mountains to the deserts. This is Tree Huggers International. Be careful and use this show with caution. Very, very carefully, because you might just learn something. As you may be aware, the world-famous surf break at Trestles and the beach and backcountry of San Onofre State Park are currently threatened by the construction of a six-lane freeway by the Orange County Transportation Corridor Agency in what many consider to be a needless toll road. This is a road that, no matter what environmental mitigations may be undertaken, will forever alter the landscape and environmental quality of the San Onofre State Park's backcountry and spoiling San Mateo Creek, Southern California's cleanest, last intact watershed. Construction of the freeway along the length of the San Mateo Creek will essentially undo what the park was set up to protect and preserve in the first place back in 1971 when it was created with the help of two of California's best-known leaders, then-Governor Ronald Reagan and then-President Richard Nixon. So today on the program, you'll be hearing from a friend of Tree Huggers International and a longtime listener of FM 94.9, Pat Zabrocki. And Pat's an interesting guy. Not only is he a freelance writer, he's also an environmental planner, and he writes environmental impact studies for developers on topics ranging from biology to air quality to agriculture to traffic. And Pat himself is an eco surfer, helping to promote sustainable living through his work in the surf industry. You'll also be hearing from a longtime San Onofre area resident and surfer, Joe Rosales, who lives on the hills overlooking San Mateo Creek, and San Clemente residents Darren and Claudia Struble, who met at Trestles and bring their children there today to surf the clean water and enjoy the wildlife and wild character of Southern California's last accessible wild beach. And joining us for a second time now is Surfrider's point person for all things Trestles-related, Stephanie Sikich. And Stephanie, I know you're busy right now, but the reason this upcoming California Coastal Commission hearing is such a big deal is because Governor Schwarzenegger sent a letter to the head of the Coastal Commission urging them to give the nod to the building of the toll road, specifically the Foothill South 241 toll road. Now, the governor's letter carries a lot of weight, but the governor doesn't have the final word on this. So if the governor doesn't have the final say, does the California Coastal Commission have the final say on this? You know, the the California Coastal Commission, it's not that they have the final say, but they are really the biggest hurdle for the TCA to get over. Um, they have eight permits that they need to get. And of all the permits, the Coastal Commission is the largest. Um, it has political clout behind it because it is such an important regulatory agency for the state of California. So often other agencies look to what the commission has done. Um, and the commission's mission statement is to essentially watch development and to protect our coastlines and to strike a balance between 
natural environmental areas with any type of coastal development. And really, there's no other agency that's set up to do just that. So that's why they have such a heavy sway in the permit process. So who eventually does have the final say in all of this? The final say comes from the eight agencies. And also, we need to have our federal legislation finally signed by President Bush. And just to go over that really quickly, a couple years ago, the TCA had received exemptions through federal law to basically exempt them from California state law. So this is where the Coastal Commission comes into play really heavily. As it stands, the TCA really doesn't have to abide by all of California state laws. They're exempt from certain elements of of allowing this project to go through. So by having these federal exemptions in place has basically made it easier for them to go through the Coastal Commission. Now, if this federal exemption and this legislation that we created with Susan Davis goes through, which is it's on its way to going through, it just needs to be finally signed by President Bush, um, then the TCA is forced to comply with the California Environmental Quality Act and the Coastal Act. And as, as of now, they can kind of skirt around some of these environmental laws and provisions within those two big California laws. But how, how is that possible? How can a, a local agency whose job it is to build toll roads kind of get a blank check from the government, from the federal government? From the federal government. Why? Because it's Camp Pendleton. Basically, by you know the toll road being constructed on Camp Pendleton, they basically got an exemption to say that part of the department of a Navy can basically go ahead and just give the go-ahead for the toll road to be constructed because it's their land. And so that basically exempts them from California laws, that they just basically got the go-ahead from the federal government to do this. And it's only because this is Camp Pendleton. If this was any other place, if this was outside of, you know, uh, regular public land, this wouldn't be an option. But because Camp Pendleton owns this land and is leasing it to California as a park, the TCA was basically able to go to Camp Pendleton and say, is there a way for us to get the go-ahead through federal NOD And then that basically skirts them from provisions of CEQA and the Coastal Act. It's really complicated. And again, this all goes back to the fact that this is Camp Pendleton land. It sounds sneaky is what it sounds like. Well, I couldn't have said it better. They received a total of three exemptions, and they're very entrenched in... Three federal exemptions. Three federal exemptions, basically, to get the go-ahead federally through Camp Pendleton and through federal laws to go ahead and build this, thus skirting around some of the provisions for the Coastal Act and the California Environmental Quality Act. And so then, Tommy, to answer your other question, who has the final say? Well, we also have a lawsuit for those reasons. So when the TCA got these exemptions and they're skirting around these important California environmental laws, we're suing them to make sure that even if these, if everything else goes awry with the permits and everything else goes awry with, you know, how the federal government is just going to basically give the go-ahead to build this toll road, we have the fallback of our lawsuit to make sure that California environmental laws are adhered to if this toll road gets constructed. This is a 16-mile-long freeway. Only a sliver of it actually goes through Camp Pendleton. Well, I guess the area we're concerned about goes through Camp Pendleton, but frankly, it's also going to go past, what, the Don O'Neill Conservancy and, was it, Santa Margarita Ranch in Orange County? That's right. right now, that's, that's not federal property. That's right. So they basically got the, and, and your your question is pointed because what it comes down to is they got the, the these exemptions through four miles of the toll road that reside within Camp Pendleton. Four of the 16 miles. Right. Which is San Onofre State Park. Okay. All right. So that's how they're going to do it. Okay. 
Can you talk a little bit about the transportation corridor agencies of Orange County? Apparently, there's two of them. Right. Why are they so desperate to put a road through here other than the fact it seems to be the path of least resistance? That is exactly what it is. It's the path of least resistance, which is really kind of a phrase that we've really taken fondly to because, I mean, that's what's happening here. And, you know, our state parks and as you mentioned, what's happening, you know, with the governor looking at our state parks as being disposable. This is a huge point for us to say that, you know, you can't take our state parks as the as the path of least resistance. Um, the transportation corridor agencies were created in the 1980s through essentially our California state legislature. The California state legislature looked to local communities and said, Orange County, you're going to be growing and you're going to be growing big and you need to figure out what's going to be going on with transportation. Thus, the TCA was formed. You know, over the past 20 odd years, they've constructed this network of toll road systems. And so essentially, this is the last leg of their network. They have literally, if they finish extending the 241, their entire toll road system is complete. You know, first of all, that almost sounds like, you know, if you just give us Czechoslovakia, we'll, we'll quit screwing around and leave you guys alone. Because if this is this is really the last toll road they want to build, you can always use the growth argument. You can always say, well, Orange County is just getting bigger and bigger. And, well, we're the smallest county in Southern California. we got to have some place to go put these roads because we're not San Bernardino County. That's the size of New England. So who's to say that's really the last road they're going to have? If all these folks have jobs and have vested interests in seeing these toll roads completed, who's <laughs> to say that... We're not going to go throw another road up someplace and say, oh, well, that's necessary. Well, and the logical leap there is, you know, are they going to build other toll roads? Well, for me and other environmentalists, it's what development is going to come. You know, what commercial and residential building is going to happen simply because this toll road is here. You know, we already know that 14,000 homes are being planned at Rancho Santa Margarita. We know that. Well, if you stick, you know, thousands of people in a community, for us, it's this urbanization that is going to take place because of this road. You could say that this toll road in particular is being built to enable additional development. In some way, yes. Or the development is being enabled by the toll road, I guess. In some way, yes. One hand shakes the other. That's exactly it. If you're just tuning in, my name is Tommy Howe, and this is a special Save Trestles in San Onofre State Park edition of Tree Huggers International on FM 94.9. The California Coastal Commission will be hearing the Orange County Transportation Corridor Agency's application to build the Foothill South 241 toll road at the Del Mar Fairgrounds Wednesday morning, February the 6th at 9 o'clock. Now, the Foothill South toll road would go through the backcountry of San Onofre State Park along the northern end of the watershed of San Mateo Creek, which empties onto Trestles Beach. And we met Joe Rosales on the beach at Trestles right after he came out of the water and talked to him about the proposed toll road and the effect it would have on the beach at Trestles. And there's another creek on the other side of that point down there, San Diego Creek, I think is that what it's called. So yeah, you know, if we get enough water runoff, whether it's rain, I don't know if it'll always be from the rain or maybe as they build that toll road and buildings start being built on the side of the toll road and whatever other residential stuff or people that are packed in start washing out here and really make things that much worse. I'm sure, you know, the whole highway runoff thing is what we're worried about. Yeah, that was what I was thinking because isn't this beach like considered to be a pretty clean beach because yeah. there's watersheds intact? Uh-huh. Exactly, and they've been t- testing that creek for years now, saying that it's getting cleaner and cleaner because of the lack of runoff. The uh, agricultural center thing over here has disappeared, so there's even less contaminants in there. So, yeah, it's a shame to see that freeway come along. You know, it's killing us. It's going to wash right down in this creek, and that's what the toll road's following that creek. 
to there. There's the end of it, right there. Get enough rain, that breaks through. It does it probably about every 10 years or so. And when it does, it's a huge thing, all the stuff that comes out of there. Yeah, not all natural, of course. So, yeah, just a letdown. And along with the highway, it's not just the runoff. It's once they've got that highway in, that's all the excuse they need to open up. Now we have have access to that area and that area and that area. Don't kid me telling us that developers don't already have their eye on big chunks of open space out there. Yeah, and then it gets worse. Now we've got big buildings and all those parking lots and all that, everything else. It's They are just becoming disposable. It's been held since the 70s, and obviously this highway is more important than our peace of mind somewhere to go that's what this is somewhere quiet without parking lots around it because we have other beaches that are accessible for all the people that want to sit in the crowded areas and whatnot this is where you come to to do this you don't have all these birds and all that sitting on the other city beaches okay. now do you live where, where do you live on the hill right over here san oh, pablo okay yeah i can see this from my house well do you ever go on any of the, the orange county toll roads because I have, and there's uh, never anybody on them. Um, I've gone only a few times. Most of my work is right here in town, so I don't. But I've gone out the 73, I guess, out that way, and it's been empty. It's got so many big grades on it that I don't think it's uh, functional, at least for my truck, on gas-wise anyway. So many hills over there. We heard from Pat Zabrocki earlier in the program. Pat is a freelance writer and also an environmental planner and an echo surfer. And even though Pat is living these days in Irvine, he's a San Diego native. And with all the driving he may do around Southern California, he always makes some time to stop by trestles and enjoy the waves. And as much as anyone, Pat understands what the public of Southern California stands to lose if the Foothill South Toll Road is constructed through the backcountry of San Onofre State Park and how that would affect the beach at trestles. There is the Action Sports Retailers trade show going on in San Diego this weekend, which ironically has been a a huge point for publicizing the safe trestles issue every big name in the surf industry and beyond are in san diego right now at a trade show witnessing some of the stuff go on in the media at the trade show themselves they're seeing it's a real thing happening and really in terms of the surf industry being involved a lot of companies don't want to get their hands dirty in the activism part of it because it leads them to look like they're more than just a surf company, which they don't want to in the public's eyes. Some people are afraid of going there. There are others that aren't. Ocean Minded is one where you'll see their stickers all over the place out here. They're all about protecting the beach. But they're a sandal company. They, in the bottom line, are part of the surf industry that realizes that if we don't have good quality, clean, healthy oceans, the, in, the surf industry in itself doesn't exist because if people can't go surf after it rains, for example, in Imperial Beach right now, down by the border, it's been closed 20 days out of January so far because of pollution. What does that do to the surfers down there? Their health is degraded. I know plenty of surfers who are now mysteriously getting cancer in their 30s, which could be lots of different things, but who's to say is, you know, exposure to chemicals in the ocean are not um, helping them. In terms of the surf industry stepping up and taking a role, it's a $7 billion industry. It is one of the most successful retail industries in the world. And even through global downturns, the surf industry has historically just gone up and up and up and up and up. It runs on money, but it needs the ocean and waves 
to be successful in the long run. And clean water. Clean water. It's strange to see the, the disconnect in, for so many years, but recently with global warming kind of taking the front issue, some of these surf companies are getting it, mostly because it's marketable, but also because the surfers who grew up who are now running the companies, who grew up surfing the things, are now seeing it change in their in their day-to-day habits of surfing. They're they're now at risk through water pollution. So they are kind of saying, hey, I have the opportunity to do something about it through my business. I, I'm going to take that step. And there's more and more companies that are doing that. There's more and more... Um, the surf industry in of itself is being directly affected by this project. In terms of trestles itself, this area of surf is one of the most highly valued, monetarily, economically speaking, surf spots in Southern California. Like I said, behind Huntington Beach, this beach of and itself will bring in more money to the local economy here than um, almost any other industry. The amount of people that travel to Lowers to come surf here is global in scale. I mean, I've surfed out at Lowers and had three to four different languages being spoken around me. And I look around, I'm like going, okay, I'm in Southern California, but I don't understand anybody around me. And it's just, just, that is right there an indication that the value of the surf break is priceless. Speaking of a project that's going to impact it, you can't put a monetary value on it, which is why it's so important for a lot of the people down here. They realize that, which is why it's so important to protect it at all costs. They'll have to build a hospital up there to add to it for all the sick people coming out of the water. <laughs> Just yeah. do it. How long have you bring your kids here? Uh, we have been going here since uh, we met here He's before been, he was yeah. born. You know, we were here him. for when seven he years, stomach, so, so. Yeah. basically we're surfing here. Yeah. Oh my God! Here yeah. ever since you took him That's, out of the house, probably the first place we brought him. Everybody yeah. loves here, you know. You know the adults, the old people, and the young the generation is ready to I've enjoy been, the been, last secure and clean yeah. open space. Yeah, I've been coming here since I was his age. That's true. You used to come in here. Was not even the five was. The five was there definitely. Yeah. Was there. This is basically our our fun zone. Yeah, that's the backyard. It's that's backyard. totally our backyard. That's our no getaway. We can get away. <laughs> and you grew up in San Clemente? No, but I've always come here. It was a little bit more uh, inland, no? Kind yeah, of a little beach. bit. But we've always we used to come. We used to drive hours just to get here when we were kids because. When we were kids, it was even more different coming here. It was like you're going to a full wilderness. You know, there wasn't all the buildings on the five. We used to pay the older kids to drive us here. You grew up in Brazil? Yeah, I grew up in Brazil, yeah. And uh, I came here, like you said, you know, basically to surf. And I knew about the spot. So then I came here for that, for, for enjoy the best waves of California. <laughs> and I met him, and then I ended up staying Never here. Never yeah, and Brazil's that's where a remarkable we come place. It's hard to even think about leaving that place. Yeah. A and lot you of see a lot there. of Brazilian surfing, Venezuela, you know, people from all over South oh, America yeah. and Australia, they come here. Everywhere. You know about the contests that are here, yeah. the world contests are here every year. But a lot of people, Floors. a lot of surfers from other countries or even other states, Florida, this would, this would be their designation, like going to Hawaii or something. This is one spot. Oh, we gotta surf trusses. Yeah, it's gotta be protected. (laughs) Somebody gotta have a voice. Funny thing is that it was protected back in '71, but 
they re, they what happened? They forgot about. They are not willing to. I'm, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm afraid a lot of folks. Simply, this is all a um, state park now, correct? Yes, that's correct. There's not one state park that's changed the ways. They always said once it's there. It's protected. So this is going to be the first one against the rule. That's why it's such a lousy precedent. That's why it really concerns me because I guess it doesn't mean forever, does it? Exactly. If if it's okay to start dismantling state parks. Well, then what about all that timber in Yosemite? That's a nice national park. Yeah, Maybe exactly. you guys can undo that, too. Yeah. Yeah, it's exactly. Impressive. And it's going to probably be the chain reaction. Now, they're going to end up destroying the ideal park, state park ideal of the United States. Well, spe- especially, it's going to be the first one. It's not going to stop. Especially so down here. you have here. to stop from the beginning, yep. <laughs> from the start. I mean, anywhere is bad, but this is like the last last one down here. There's nothing. I mean, you got to go way past Ventura to get anything close to this. Yeah, you're right. You go anywhere south, it's not the same until you get to Mexico. Uh, We were down there educating folks, and um, there was this Marine who had come up, and he's, save trussles, what's that? I don't get it. And we explained to him what it was, and he literally got, like, misty-eyed. And he said, that's the only thing, that when I come home from Iraq... And I go surfing at trestles. It literally washes away my concerns. And if I feel like I can't surf there because it's not healthy anymore or the wave isn't as good, he said, I, f- I would literally feel devastated. And, I mean, he was such an emotional person. He had just been on tour. I mean, he'd been separated from his family and whatnot for six months. So for you know him to hear this news was so devastating to him. And, you know, I get emails all of the time. Um, there's a surf club at Camp Pendleton, the Camp Pendleton Surf Club. And uh, that surf club is certainly worried uh, about this toll road. For, for us not to learn the lessons of people who have already fought with their blood and tears over protecting areas like this, it behoves us to kind of take a look back at some of the history and um, kind of recognize that it really takes a special effort to keep these parts of our life in a quality place. You know what I realized? The older I get is that the cycle just keeps repeating itself, and every generation, call it what you will, at some yeah. point you have to step up, and you have to keep fighting the same battles and keep <laughs> presenting the same arguments, and they keep repeating themselves, because yeah. people are saying the exact same things we're talking about 50, 60 years ago. And it sounds cheesy, and it sounds corny to me, because um, I've heard it a million times from people older than me, but now that I've got a four-month-old son, it is in my near future that I'm going to bring him surfing here. And I want him to experience the, the countless perfect surf sessions that I've had out here. I want to be able to share with my son the amazing beauty of trestles the way I grew up experiencing it. And for me to, to think that the, it will be degraded, that it's being downplayed by developers, that it's not going to be affected, that by building a freeway right near it, it's not going to impact that experience for my son. I just cannot believe it. I will not, and I'm going to keep fighting for it no matter what. We're expecting hundreds, if not thousands, of people. I mean, literally, Tommy, my phone rings and emails 10 to 20 an hour over the past couple weeks. Uh, So I can easily say, you know, we're going to have 600 Surfrider supporters there. So it's going to be at the Del Mar Fairgrounds at Wyland Hall. We want people to show up around 9 
Um, and we anticipate the hearing is going to go through the entire day. Nine in the morning on Wednesday, February 6th. That's right. Wednesday, February 6th, nine o'clock, Del Mar Fairgrounds, Wyland Hall. Um, the commissioners did another good decision by only putting a few agenda items on the day. So that's really good because normally those commission hearings can last you know, quite some time and they have you know, 10 to 20 items on the agenda. Um, so there's one item, I think, before our item. It's this really cool kind of procedural back and forth, like you're kind of in a courtroom where you know, one side presents, another side presents. They you know, rebut. Commissioners can cross-examination. And it's very lively. It's very exciting. We anticipate it is going to be an historical meeting by the sheer amount of people that are coming and by the reactions of, of those there. Now, you say the sheer amount of people coming. Is this open to the public? This is absolutely open to the public, and we encourage everyone that is listening or that knows someone who lives down here to come and join us. You know, we're going to pull out the stops. We're, we're renting buses. We're arranging carpool areas. We're getting food. You know, we're having banners. We're having posters. It's a rally. The best way to say it, this is a full-on rally, and we are asking thousands to rally with us. All right. Where can they get this information at? Go to savetrestles.org. And click on updates. And so every single day, we're going to be updating you with information. You know, where do you need to go to get your carpool? Um, are there others in your neighborhood who are carpooling? So again, that's savetrestles.org. Click on updates. Savetrestles.org. Click on updates. That's right. Wyland Hall, Delmar Fairgrounds, Wednesday, February the 6th, 9 o'clock in the morning. Expect to be there all day. I'm going to be there. Of course you are. I'm going to, be, I'm going to bail out of work early and, and drive on up there. And I hope Garrett will I understand. I was going to say, does Garrett know that? <laughs> <laughs> he does now. So I have to go to the bathroom. I'll, I'll be back. So you went on a hike up there today. I think you should. Um, I think that's cool. If you were to mention, you know, your experience with the hike there, I think it's really nice that you got to go and see it because it's, a, you know, kind of a walk and out of sight, out of mind. But once people go and they and they do the walk, you know, they have this whole different appreciation. So I bet your listeners would be excited to hear about your walk. Well, it is a special place, and part of the reason is because you know how pleasant it is when you're driving up and down the five and you go past Camp Pendleton, and it's an area where it's just been left alone, and you're going right along the beach, and here are these lovely mountains, and it's just, ah, this is the way Southern California used to look, and it's just a break. Take that one step further. Park the car, get out of the car, and go spend some time on the trail by yourself. Well, you may not see a bobcat or a cougar, maybe not the steelhead trout unless you, you actually get into the creek. It really is a unique opportunity to go to some place that's uh, special and left alone in Southern California. It's very difficult to go places and not find man's thumbprint someplace. And of course, trails are part of that, but trails are the least intrusive bit of man's thumbprint. And if you like to surf or otherwise, or just enjoy chaparral country and see some quiet bit of Southern California, it's there, it's out there, and it's open to you. And I think your interest is fantastic from my perspective, because of course, Surfrider wants to be around people and associate ourselves with people who love nature and care for nature. But you know, it's, it's taking the initiative as you did, you know, as just this lone person, whether you care about environmental issues or, or whatever you're going to do is that you took the initiative on your own to go and learn more and to entrench yourself in your own personal level and learn for yourself. I encourage more people to do that and go to the trail. You don't have to be going there to go surf. That's right. But get off at Christianitos if you want to do that. If you're going off the fire, get off at Christianitos, <laughs> park in the lot next to the Carl's Jr., and then you can take Walk us on trails. Over. And, yeah, it's a great place. And um, it was certainly wise it was set aside back in 1971. And why folks would want to undo that because it's the path of least resistance, it's almost cowardly. Yeah. Well, that's going to wrap things up for this special Safe Trestles edition of Tree Huggers International. Thanks for joining us. 
Again, the California Coastal Commission hearing regarding the Orange County Transportation Corridor Agency's application to build the Foothill South 241 toll road into San Diego County through San Onofre State Beach will be Wednesday, February 6th at 9 a.m. at Wyland Hall at the Del Mar Fairgrounds. The hearing is open to the public, and as I understand it, anyone can talk if they want for two minutes, and there will be more information, obviously, the day of the hearing. Apparently, Surfrider will also have some letters people can sign, and then Surfrider will deliver those letters to folks on the commission. But it's not just Surfrider that's going to be out there. Every major local and national environmental organization, so many of them, too many to mention, they're all going to be out there. The Sierra Club, Natural Resources Defense Council, this is going to be big. So I hope you can make it out to get your voice and your thoughts in the mix. If you want to come out and make your voice heard, expect to be there for a good part of the day. The meeting starts at 9 o'clock, but the toll road issue will not be the first item on the agenda. So be patient if you make it out, and we'll see you Wednesday morning. Look for the FM 94.9 tent. For more information and a forest of web links on the matter, go to fm949sd.com slash treehuggers. That's fm949sd.com slash treehuggers. Or you can go to savetrestles.org. The opinions and views expressed on Tree Huggers International do not necessarily reflect the opinions and views of the staff and management of FM 94.9 or Lincoln Financial Media. And as producer, I am solely responsible for this program's content. Questions, complaints, concerns, compliments, go ahead and email me, tommy at fm949sd.com. That's tommy at fm949sd.com. Again, this is Tommy Hal for Tree Huggers International on FM 94.9. We will be back next Sunday morning at 5.30 with another take on natural science and environmental affairs in our corner of Southern California. But in the meantime, get ready for another edition of Nina Blackwood's New Wave Nation. It is on the way next on FM 94.9. Have a great Sunday and a good week. We'll see you Wednesday. Be well. <laughs>